right now. Yeah. Hi. And everybody's tuned out already. Hey, it's Neil. Um, I have. I'm not. I don't really have dates per se, guys, because I'm doing some other projects. <laughs> Going to be in in, in uh, San Francisco, September 12th, 13th, 14th. So Where you have a lot of time at the punchline. You guys have a lot of time to plan. Boom. Hey, Save your money, bro. It's Moshe Kasher. I've got some dates coming up. And then August 15th through 17th in Bloomington, Indiana. I'll be at the Comedy Attic, one of my favorite clubs in this here country. And then I've got a whole bunch of other stuff happening. So go to MosheKasher.com for all of that information. Now you're fucking with the champs. Hi, everybody. It's the champs. You're back fucking with us. And that was hopefully an amazing musical interlude that was put on. What do you They're think, always you? good. They're always pretty good. I got an email. Said whoever's doing the music ever since Doug left really killing it. Yeah, no, I Gotta saw that. Gotta say, that's Neil Brennan. Uh, I would do it, but I've ne- I haven't been allowed in the control room. <laughs> Brennan Look, I thought today about, like, I would love Moshe to see what a pain in the ass it is. Oh, I know it's a pain it's in the ass. It's straight up five and a half hours. I don't not think it's a pain in the ass, but the difference between you and me is it wouldn't be less of a pain in the ass for me because I would do less. Oh, right, because you don't, you don't care about quality. I don't care about editing, per right. se. You don't care a about podcast, A podcast. I believe that if you're going to put out an entertainment product... You should make it as good as possible. Uh, uh, guys, coming to the stage. Coming uh, to the pod right our, now. Uh, our guest today is a guy whose number I have in my phone. Yep. Can't remember why. Don't no, know. we've met. Well, I, uh, this ne- is a fellow that I started with. You started well, I mean, with him? He, he sure. didn't start with me. I started with him. If that Does that make sense? That makes sense. Kevin was sort. one of the elder statesmen of stand-up comedy in San Francisco when I first started coming around. A killer. And now has gone on to amazing things. Uh, he did an amazing short film, Thugs the Musical, starring... Himself and David Allen Greer, a sure. frequent champ champion. And he's the head writer over at Totally Biased on the FX network. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Kevin Avery. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Yeah. How are you? Yeah. Hi, Hello there. How are you? Yeah, it's How nice to have you on. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, right. I don't. That is weird that you have my number in your phone. I f- n- and now that I look at your face, I feel like we actually have met yeah. and talked. It's been a good. Do you remember where? San Francisco. Oh, it was. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it was probably one of those Chappelle weeks or something like that. Like 10 years ago. 10 years ago. Yeah. Wow. Easily. In fact, his birthday party. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, we had a birthday party. I don't, I don't want to talk about it. What do you <laughs> mean, man? I don't want to talk 30 about seconds <laughs> in. We had a birthday party for, for his 30th birthday. Uh, where we built like a big tent in Golden Gate Park. It was yeah. actually a pretty it was, sweet. It was, and it was the Presidio, I think. So Presidio. Yeah. I don't. It was. It was a pain in the ass. So um. And uh, I have some good news. He didn't appreciate it. No. Oh boy. He didn't know. Come on. I literally can't even get into how crazy it got. Well, look <laughs> here. Speaking of things like putting your friends on the map or not putting your friends on the map, this sure. to me. I mean, tell me if you find this offensive. I hope mm-hmm. you don't. But like Kevin was always. You have always been. I'm gonna talk about you like you're not here. Go ahead. Uh, Kevin, the fella sitting to my right. I'm gonna back away slowly as if I'm not here. Yeah, <laughs> it was always like the killer in San Francisco, like the dude that like you put him on any stage, any time, fucking 
explosion. I'm offended so far. Yeah, so, so far. far, so far. He's, but he's a hack. He's a garbage oh comedian. God, no, no, no. That's the go. part that I don't mean offensively. <laughs> Kevin, no, no, don't listen. Earmuffs. No, but 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 also was a, was a dude that we were always like, ah, oh, Kevin should be famous, whatever, whatever. And then Kamal got that show. And now he's the head writer of the show, and everybody's very excited. I just feel like it's a, it's it's about time. You were a writer on the show, correct? I was a writer on the show. I will. I think I may have played a part in making you the head writer. Come on. I again, it All sounds right. like a big ego thing, right. and I will explain to you what happened. I'd like he, to see you connect these dots. Me and Kamal, I met him in. I want at a comedy festival somewhere. I wanted. I think Toronto last year. Okay. And he was talking about the show. And I said, uh, he was saying something, I go, he was saying something about the writers, and I go, who's, who's, uh, who's your head writer? And he said someone, and I go, who's the last person you talk to before you go on? And he said, Kevin Avery. And I go, make him the head writer. Whoa, you're, he did do it. You're, you're, are you serious? No, I'm dead serious. Yeah. Could, not knowing anything other than I knew your name <laughs> from my phone. Crazy. Like, I wasn't like fire. So I was just like, the last person, if you're... A performer, the last person you talk to, it's all about trust. It's like about you guys having a shared sensibility. Yeah. That you've have been it's been forged over fucking shitty nights in San Francisco and all this. and it's like he know he, you know what his intention is and you know you have his best interest at heart and yeah. you have the most trust just from putting in time and probably shared sensibility. So my thing is like if you're the one who's going on this joke and giving him notes, then you should be the head writer. That's a fascinating. Well, that's cool. I don't. And, uh, having said that, I have no idea if that had anything to do with it. Uh, but that's what you mean that incredibly specific thing that probably <laughs> yeah. did, like, is like. Well, well, yeah, but, I, I, but I said, it wasn't like Kamal. Kamal was like, and I did. We did a we did a seance together, okay. and we did. I did write down the name Kevin Avery on right. the Ouija board. I don't know if that was. Connected. But I don't know I don't. if that has anything. Mm. I don't know if that if Kamal was like, you know what, that old man was right. <laughs> 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 like, who fucking know? You know, maybe just be like, well, that's something to think about. Well, good looking out, both of you. Yeah, I sure. appreciate that. You're not that's uh, a f- very interesting, j- just the job outside. That's a, an interesting piece of advice, though. That's who the head writer is. It's that's like, fascinating. That's, I've never that's who it, the person who is the last. It's like the guy, if you're a stunt guy, it's the guy who checks the uh, the restraints. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. you're the if you're the head writer for a uh, talk show host, mm-hmm. your job is to m- you're like the stunt guy who has to make sure that your stunt guy's not gonna die. Yeah, you're like the 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 corraler, uh, and you know I and I don't know if I'm alone in that, but mm-hmm. but um, uh, yeah. But the, the other thing about you that's interesting is you were always very you never seemed really pissed off, were you? Like uh. when you had these years of being very, very funny, killing, and not being recognized in the way that I imagine you thought and I thought you should have, and you always seemed pretty, pretty positive about it. You uh. always had that towel in your back pocket. I had the towel. I mean, that was a real pot. You know, did you have a towel? Oh, he's a, a big towel dude. Yeah. You I had the. You're a, so you were truly a black comedian. Yeah. He's not though. He's, his act is very uh, is is not super urban, but the towel yeah. remained. The towel was there. Yeah, I'm great. Very unurban. Last in night, in fact, it is it has haunted me. Oh, your lack of urbanness? Yeah. L- last night I saw you're a man. You're not the right kind of black. I don't want to derail you from this because this is what I want to talk about. But last night I saw a man. I was at the BET experience. <laughs> sure. Uh, and I went, of course, and I went to the R. Kelly New Edition uh, Jackson's concert. And I could get into a lot of details. But the, as soon, I knew I was at the BET experience when I came up, up, upon a couple. The woman was wearing probably a $2,000 dress and beautiful uh, high heels. The man was wearing probably a $1,000 sports coat and a 
a towel on top of his head with a baseball cap over the towel. Just great. like, what the fuck is happening? Go. Great. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. yeah, go black people. Go. <laughs> go black people. You <laughs> do it. You know what I noticed, ironically, how a lot of uh, black celebrities were dressed last night? The new style for male black celebrities, plantation owner. A lot of guys dressed in like really? seersucker suit. Oh, yeah, it was funny. Like Cedric was straight up dressed like a plantation owner. Like a lot of guys, like like Southern aristocracy. Like that's the new look. I feel like that's the natural progression from pimp <laughs> style. Uh, I yeah. mean, it, may, it right? It just the sort of makes pimp. sense because Bigger even pimp. yeah, because even that pimp wear is sort of is is forty. They're running 50s, out of sort yeah. Of, you know, maybe they're running out of uh, garish looks. Yeah. And they're having to go, like, let's get out of the 1960s. Let's go to the yeah. 1860s and see what's back there. <laughs> Pretty soon they'll and be, soon like, they'll be wearing like Yeah, they'll be, <laughs> like, plumed. Powdered wigs. Dresses, yeah, like, just like Prince, just regular black dudes dressed like Prince I'm in the street. I'm surprised the Jamie Foxx Django look hasn't what, just really taken up. Absolutely. That's what up. we were both, yeah. Oh, yeah. you mean when he That's got gussied up? Yeah. 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 Not, yeah. like, with a sackcloth, like a runaway slave look. Yeah, no, that's probably never coming back in style. I don't think that's <laughs> going to come back. <laughs> no, Things would have to be going really good for black yeah, people. Good. Better than a black president. <laughs> no, it, you'd have to have, you literally have to have 43 black presidents in a row. Yeah, yeah. You know what it, yeah and then black people could be like, oh, finally, and just, we could just put the rags back on again. Yeah. And la- that's all we want to like, do. Because that shit, say what you want, shit was comfortable. comfortable. It was cozy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mad cozy. Speaking of black people, th- what's in the news right now is this that woman at the Trayvon trial. You, you guys follow her? There's yeah, a lot of a black bit. news this week. It's and a shame the, you guys are down. I know. And, and she – oh, yeah, that's It's true. a shame Totally Bias is down. Oh, and it's I, not it's, on the air. There's so much black yeah. news. We always do this. We go off the air a week too early and then just the shit – everything from Trayvon to the, the Texas – abortion thing that's happening today and and, and, and uh, paula dean and all that shit. paula dean oh, we talked about her dean. a couple weeks sweet, ago sweet paula dean mm, you know it's, at first i was starting to think paula dean like i was like all right all right yeah. you know what of course she said the n-word like yeah. of course she did but then i started like we were talking about that the other day right like they're she's becoming like paula hitler you know like it's like becoming but then somebody did write a thing that said like specifically what she's being accused of saying, and yeah, it's it's, be, it's beyond just being like uh, her dropping an n bomb as a southern woman. Yeah. Well, what do you you know? The person who is pressing is filing the suit is white. Yes, yes. That's fucking crazy. That's that one of those nuts. like unforeseen like what? But she's filing it on behalf of like you know the way the other black white people, people in the kidding. in in the thing in the business were being treated or something crazy like is that. Is this a case though of being too liberal? Everything I, is a case. I, I agree. That well, no, that's that funny thing of like I always say that it's that, and I'm talking about it here. It's the thing that black people can't defend themselves. Like oh, yeah, black right. people, yeah. let us handle this for you. It's the black exploitation. You know, uh, black exploitation movies were put out of business by white liberals. Really? Yeah, it was white liberals who were like, "This isn't right." And black people were like, "Wait, wait, yeah, I know black these. people are still yeah. talking about fucking Richard Roundtree." Yeah. Um, yeah, so is it – I don't think it is a matter. I think it's this like is you why can't say that. This is why people are why I've missed all the black exploitation flicks. Yeah, that's absolutely white true. White people are why I'm getting shit from black people. No, but that's 100% true. I mean these the, blo- the bloggers who are out there decrying you know, uh, white privilege and institutionalized racism and, and how terrible white people are, are nine times out of ten these are white people telling yeah. other white people that they're not being white right. And it's yeah. like – You know why? Because like I would say, black people have better shit to worry about. Yeah. And just like they got a white, bike, they got to buy mad towels to put on their heads. Yeah, for yeah. The but also just one white lady 
one white lady uh, saying the N-word is just – it's literally like a drop in the bucket. It's not even yeah, – it's like, right. well, I don't get – so? Yeah. It doesn't I, change your day-to-day. No, I just know, all right, ch- you know, check, and I can move. I know I don't need right. to, to deal with her. But yeah, and there's also think not a her. black person in America that's like, wh- wh- what? Yeah. Paula yeah. Dean did what? What? Yeah. Like, My mom, maybe. She I loves Paula hate, Dean. You know she, why I don't uh, like it? Would she be surprised? She, she loves Paula Dean. No, but, uh, she wasn't surprised. But like when I came, I, I visited my parents uh, last weekend, and they were. I, I mentioned Paula Dean, and she kind of was like, "Yeah, well, she, I just, I think she's just stupid. I don't, I don't." But you could tell, you could feel her not wanting. The, the last time I had seen my mom, all she would talk about was how uh, Chris Rock's mom was on Paula Dean, and that I needed, you know. She was a guest on Paula Deen? Chris Rock's mom was a guest on the Paula Deen, oh, um, Paula Deen show. You know, their mom is suing Cracker Barrel for discrimination. The Rock's, Chris Rock's mom. mom? Chris <laughs> and Tony's mom <laughs> is suing Cracker Google it. I saw when it happened. They're, they've been repeatedly sued, Cracker Barrel. Yeah. But what do you expect? It's a barrel for crackers. It's not for them. No. It's for us. Not at all. Take the Why hint, are you they? Know what I mean? Yeah, cracker <laughs> barrel. The writing was true. It wasn't even. Yeah. On, writing wasn't even on the wall. It was on the sign. Absolutely. The I don't go into the restaurant called the Nigga Bucket. You know. No. What the hey? Direct quote from Tony's act. <laughs> is it really? Nigga Bucket is the, the direct. No way. Direct. That's like a game show of like finish this punchline. Tony talks about it and he says that. That's crazy. Yeah, and that cra- I may run the clip if he has if it's that's online. Am- that's amazing. Is it uh, about Cracker Barrel? Yeah, it's about his mom suing Cracker Barrel. Amazing. Yeah. Wow. So, um, but the cracker is actually in the news as well, which is it's all these fucking people oh, trying that, to pretend yes. that being called cracker me- matters at all. Is a thing. Like any white person's ever been real. The only time you're really upset if a black person calls you a cracker as a white person is if they call you a cracker like very close to you and they're about to hit you. Yeah, yeah. that's really what I mean. Yeah. It's similar. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it is similar. Uh, I don't. There's no, I, I just don't, ca- there's no analogy I got for called Cracker my whole childhood. Did my you really? Whole, yeah. I never, yeah. I've never been called it. I've been called nigga uh, maybe 4,000 times more than I've been called Cracker. Well, you've been, you been called what? Nigga. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. By all my, I have far more black friends that are, would call me nigga than, than I've been called white friends that would call me Cracker. Cracker, honky, white bread, white chicken bread, white honky chicken bread cracker bitch i've ha- i've had it all white boy here's I mean, my thing none of though, it really bothered no me. who's calling anyone honky now yeah I've, I've heard honky but I, you know i was at the, maybe the tail end of honky but i have a joke actually in my act about we did this we did uh we wrote a line where rocky where nene leaks was supposed to call the little girl a honky mm-hmm. and all the executives were like in a tizzy like you can't say that it's a black person <laughs> this is a white on person uh, your show on the new normal yeah, yeah. White, black person calling a white person is exactly the same thing as a black uh, a white person calling a black person the n word. I was like, is it? No, it's not. Is it? Uh, here's the here's the, uh, a part of me wants to talk about it, and a part of me feels like it's actually beneath us. I, uh, I know what you mean. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm. Yeah. Si- it's such a simple argument. Yeah. And it's so right. why even bother? It's we're so in, we're it's like for beginners. It's literally like New Year's Eve for yeah. people that th- to think about race. Like, what's the same? Like, right. what is yeah. the? Yeah, it's you're, just right. Like, you're actually right, Neil. Yeah, it's like, like it's I, such beginner basic level race relations. Yeah. Well, so you grew up where? Where did you grow up in San Francisco? I grew up in San Jose. Lived in San Francisco for about ten years. And what I know about you is that you are not only a dude that wears a towel. Sure. You also were in an R and B boy band super group, correct? You're a good yes. looking guy. Thank you. You're I appreciate welcome. Appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. That's shaved. also I did shave. <laughs> for the chance. I was Thank looking a little uh, little rugged. 
Um, yeah, I was in a singing group, like uh, like like an R and B singing group that was sort of very new edition ish. Right. It, the story followed kind of the same track. Where there were there were six of us uh, when we started, and we were very kind of like Blue Magic, very R and B kind of harmonizing. And then we Blue Magic split is apart. a brand name. Go ahead, Blue Magic. That's a line from uh, American Gangster. Go ahead. It's my favorite. Line is blue, yeah, Blue Magic is also it's the it's the heroin. It's and the name of the heroin. Yeah, and there's a big speech where it's like Blue Magic. That's a brand name from American yeah. Gangster. Yeah, oh, but it's also I the name of it because it's such a good monologue. Man, you got to run these. Clips. I'm a run. Yo, this is why it takes five and a half hours to edit this shit. <laughs> yeah, there you go. He'd be, he'd be, he'd be running clips. Quality, yeah. quality. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's what he Motion would have clip. That nigga would run some Motion clips. Yeah, that cracker right there. Clip runner. He a clip. Motion would have just gone live with this thing. No, without any clips. Just acted it out. Yeah, I'm taking him to the clip barrel. Sure. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, um, Blue Magic is also the name of an R&B group, as I just found out. And it's not just an expression. I don't know why I just did the air quotes. What? But, uh, I don't even know it was an expression. Blue Magic know. is sort of, a, it's a reference to, like, the uh, kind of harmonizing, smooth R&B oh, group. Oh, interesting. Got yeah. Um, and so uh, we then we broke up and became, and w- some of us got back together and became more of a Belle Biv DeVoe-ish type of. What like, years are these? This is the early 90s. That's more on the New Jack Swing type of thing. Yes, but not New Jack Swing. New Jack Swing is very specific. What do do you define it as? Like rap and singing at the same time? No, New Jack Swing was just sort of an R&B type sound. It wasn't even – it really didn't have anything to do with hip-hop. Like Belle Biv DeVoe and like Jodeci – were that was that that was the beginning of that sort of R&B hip hop merge like Mary J Blige and all right. that shit. New Jack Swing was guy and and it was this thing that sort of it didn't last very long. Yeah, a few groups, it was going to be the thing for a minute and then the whole scene just fell up, fell apart. It's Teddy Riley, it, yeah, and and in truth, it was Pharrell. Pharrell, Pharrell? produced uh, all I want to do is boom 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 on you zoom zoom. There you he go. Ghost produced it. Wait, by. The Teddy Riley song, all I want to do is that's in too deep. Or maybe I'm so from the Bay Area that I think that the song that sampled it. Teddy, that was Teddy Riley's little brother or cousin or something like that. That group, yeah, yeah, and uh, and Black Street and all that shit. It was all it was all that Pharrell did most of that. Oh, interesting. Yeah, Yeah. I did not know that. Holy shit, guys, I'm pretty deep. There you We're go. All you know what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to give you the satisfaction of rolling anything in right Come now. Come on, roll <laughs> the No, because that's what you would like. <laughs> yeah, roll the clip. No, 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 no. Get out of here. Just roll it. Just roll it. <laughs> it's so no. easy what you do. Fuck just roll you. the clip. <laughs> Fuck you. He doesn't get credit for it, but he, 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 uh, the, the, uh, I should say the legend is that Pharrell produced it. That's and fascinating. W- and you went to a Catholic school growing up? I grew up going, I went to a Catholic school, like. Black dude is a Catholic. Stop it, Neil. <laughs> Neil is doing a cartwheel right now. <laughs> for the listeners, <laughs> the listeners know. You're so in, you're so. I don't care. No, 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 no. Hold on. Hold on. What's well, happening? Can we just, it's an inside argument joke. That All right. You it's an argument that Moshe no, you're, hates to admit that I won, I which done, is. I've admitted that. Right, but you're still it, No, you still I've were never you know, fully, I realized, I had a realization. You liked it when when Hannibal tried to dispute no, it. I had a realization about this. Here's Go. the thing. Here's You'll, the theory that right. I believe that if a black guy spends a lot of time with white people at a young age, it mm-hmm. helps his entire life. Hmm. I I could I it give it definitely gives you perspective. Yes. I I feel like I see a whole lot Yes, I've been exposed to demystifies. Here's the thing I realize about this argument: I agreed with you pretty much the first time you said it, 
I just it was the way in which you were so thrilled to find <laughs> every time every time when you said Catholic every time someone gives the little white glimmer yeah. Neil looks at me and goes aha aha yes. again because, we've won no 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 because you've accused you you're very uneasy with it we've I'm talked uneasy about your with disease. the way you broach it we've because talked he does about go it, how uneasy you are is like you don't want to hear a white person talk about what's good for black people I'm not saying what's good for black people I'm saying what I've noticed is. Most successful black guys, almost a hundred percent of the successful black guys, I've noticed you're yelling a lot today. That I've noticed. This is, it goes to an auto level, so we all go in the same. Oh, really? Yeah. Sweet. Um, the most of the successful black guys I know spent a lot of time with white people growing I, up. But it is a double-edged sword. Yeah, no, I right. will. I, I won't say that it hurt me, but it it's definitely hindered me in some respects. How? Talk about uh, that. Well, Tell as Moshe. you get to your, as, <laughs> Fuck you. you. Know. <laughs> Um, I mean, you know, you've heard me talk about I, just in dealing with black people. There's this weird thing, and a lot of I think a lot of black people, uh, Kamau, kind of went through this th- thing too. And I've had other friends who had done that thing where they were set apart from black people at a young age, and then to try to to reintegrate right. it, it it makes it a little bit weird. Like I talk on stage about um, being in this this all white Catholic school. And uh, and then my, and my parents kind of like, well, we need to make sure the, they're exposed to like black culture and black people. So they put us in this youth group, this thing called Jack and Jill. And that sounds like some black shit for real. It I'll, is. I will say the Jack and Jill youth group. Yeah, definitely sounds most most youth groups <laughs> sound like some black. shit. All youth groups are black. There aren't that many black. white yeah. bl- uh, youth groups. There's some Jew. Jew youth sure. Groups. But just Jew straight white. It's yeah. youth groups, youth groups. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, so going into this group, that it was at, as at a young age, we were all just kids, and, and it wasn't a thing. But as I got a little bit older, and you're in high school, and shit matters, and what you're wearing matters, and what you say, and what you listen to, suddenly I was I was playing catch up, and I was a I was a nerd for the first time, which was got f- it. So you're the weird. coolest guy at the white school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then you're not oh, even in the running. Yeah, when I you mean, go back to black people, that is uh, fucking uh, really on, interesting. On stage, I call it the Superman effect, where like in the the I remember going to, and I, and I wasn't even fucking aware of what was happening. Like I, my first week in in uh, at St. Francis High School, I I didn't realize I was the black guy. I right. started playing football. The coaches were all looking at me like, sweet, we got another one. Like, they were excited. <laughs> and they really believed that I was going to – one day I was walking off they the They automatically got a Nike contract when you enlisted yeah. at the school, It's this correct? bad. Kevin yeah. didn't play football. <laughs> no. Kevin's like, I've never played football. You're, you're the quarterback. <laughs> Fine. Come on. You're good. You're good. Yeah, they – Not the quarterback. Let's get realistic. You're the quarterback no. and the assistant Not, not then. Not no, then. no, no. Let's not be crazy. You were a running back. <laughs> running back and you're a wide receiver. Uh, but yeah, they, I remember the coach, we were all walking off the field and the coach, he went, Hey, Avery, go long. All right. And I started and he, he threw the ball at some impossible, Uh like there was no way I was going to catch this. And I, you know, and he was baffled. He's like, how did he not catch that? What the hell's going on? Yeah. Are you serious? I thought he was going to. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, you is, are you line? mixed? Wait a minute, are one of your parents yeah. half white? <laughs> Wait up! You Why did that, you know not? that line from your act, dude? Ladies and gentlemen, it's the St. Francis black guy. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, <laughs> right. God damn, I forgot about that. That's joke. an old joke. Oh, uh, Jesus. Um, but yeah, like I, I, there, there were kids that were that were that thought I was cool because I was the black guy, right? And I didn't get it, and I was just really this shy, awkward dude. So I would kind of 
blow up. I remember this one dude, uh, Paul Griffiths, this cat. We, we were running during gym class, and he, he runs up next to me, and he's like, man, that French teacher we have, she's, she's kind of crazy, right? Yeah, yeah, she is. And I don't say shit. I don't know what to say. I was just, I was like, <laughs> and I just kept jogging, and that was it. And, I, and this dude went on to become one of the coolest, du- you know, one of the most popular. He was a white guy or black guy? He was guy? a white guy. Got it. And you, uh, you Paul Griffiths is a pretty chance. black name, though. I got yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you blew your chance. I just I blew you it. Could have been yeah. cool. Oh, like, I had black. You're saying the coolest guy in school came up to you and was like, "You're black. I'll connect to you." And you were yeah. just like, yeah, I don't know uh, what to do." As a black guy, yeah, I you might get just look like this. Yeah. But I Mr. McGoo inside. I didn't know I had you get black credits. Right. You know when you come in, and I just blew all that shit, and uh, so. But then. But, but I was still <laughs> like, picture it, like all these white kids who you get there, they're like, uh, uh, and then they start like realizing that you're nerdy. They're like, he's normal. He get, get him. Get him. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I, I, I wasn't a nerd. I, I became the dude that could rap and that became was like, the dude. You were born the dude. I was. Yeah, Go ahead. Yeah, exactly. But then I would get around the black kids and they were, like, you know, it's like Superman going back to Krypton. They're like, we, right. yeah, we, we can all. We can do all that rap. bullshit, and we can yeah. really do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, like exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So it was this weird thing where I kind of, I had that struggle. I remember going to uh, at one point we I was we formed this little break dance crew, my my group in the in Jack and Jill. And uh, every year they had this thing in the summer called Teen Conference, and different regions on the West Coast would get together of just Jack and Jill groups, and it was you know big. Fucking whatever conference is what it was, and uh, break dance. So well, the San Jose kids got into it with the Oakland kids. Right, as yeah, and oh, I uh, remember that. No, huh? <laughs> <The Oakland laughs> <motherfuckers laughs> was there, right? Uh, and These Oakland motherfuckers are hard to get along with. Believe me, <laughs> they, yeah, they are. They kind of are. Yeah, uh, but they because they're I, insecure about being from Oakland and arrogant about being from Oakland well, at the same I time. I think you're talking about a very specific group of white kids from Oakland, sure. of which I There's am. The leader. You're the you're the guy. I'm the guy of the insecure about being from Oakland, defensive, yeah. aggressive about it. White yeah. boys. I mean, that's my sort of my thing. That's right, so you're the youth group's face off. We're at the thing, and uh, and it's San Jose. It's San Jose and Oakland, and we're all a bunch of dudes standing across the room for each other, trying to battle, and you know whatever. And every kid is they got the the gear on, they got the Pumas or the, the whatever, and I'm in slacks. I'm in Why? like Dockers, because I didn't I didn't know. Uh, my mom bought my fucking clothes. That's had I you was never just, seen a breaking video. Or I something? knew, but you know, I'm just out at fucking Everybody's Mervin's like, ooh, or ooh. whatever with my mom. And he, like, I don't want to be here. And you like, know. oh, he's doing a nerd character. <laughs> oh, wait, no, 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 <laughs> yeah. no, he's, he's just, just dancing. dancing. Oh, it he's was just that Urkel shit. No, 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 yeah, no, 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 no he's no, doing. Yeah. A, he's a dancing nerd. That's no, what that is. <laughs> I was just, and I could do it. I could break, but I in terms of your dancing ability, were you one of the best, or you were just fine? I could pop real well. Got it. I was pretty good. I could rap real well back. Back when I, d- I, I was, f- I could freestyle my ass, and now I suck. I can't do it at all. What but happened? I, you stopped doing it. That's like high school too. into college, I could, I could fucking go. Because I've always thought about freestyle rap being the same mechanism in a brain as uh, crowd work. Being real good at crowd work mm-hmm. is about the same brain function as being real good at freestyling. Yeah, I would agree. But you don't do much crowd work at all. I do a little bit more, but you do now. I d- yeah. That was never your thing, though. It, it not really no. Kevin's a killing machine. I don't know if you've seen him, but he's uh, a straight I think up I have seen you, but I couldn't tell you one demonstration. Joke. Yeah. Not because I haven't. It's because I haven't seen you in so long, sir. I couldn't tell you one joke right now. Yeah, right. Yeah. You forgot your own. No, name. I my whole act. I don't know. No, uh, I I mean, I'm comfortable. I have fun doing crowd work now, and I and I do like to you know 
but it wasn't ever anything I relied on. It wasn't like my thing when Here's I was Here's a question. Up. Let's say you grew up in a black neighborhood mm-hmm. and got the same level of education that you got at St. Francis. Yeah. But it was all black people. Yeah. How do you think your life would have been different? I think uh, that's a good question. Back, Neil. Hey, Neil. Thank you very much. <laughs> that's a good question. Thank you very much. Um, I think I probably would have been, uh, I, w- I never would have been intimidated being around black people at a young age. Now that, that all went away. Um, it's not even intimidating. I would have just been, j- culturally I would have been up on things. Do you think you would be a comedian? <sighs> My guess uh, is y- no. Yeah, I think... I think I would be because of that at a at such a young age it wasn't it, it wasn't what was going on in my life that pushed me to comedy it was just what I, it was these records that my parents had and I listened to them and I loved it and I just grew I was addicted to stand up comedy Which records? Uh, Cosby uh, did I tell you I saw Bill Cosby three weeks ago oh live. his TV taping crushing yeah of course crushing amazing for where, an hour and a half where was crushing. it in Cerritos. Like one of those weird ass like places you hear about on the radio in L.A. Wow! And it was like a taping, and he did an hour and a half. Might have been an hour and forty-five. Did you find it funny? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't like him. Right. I don't like him. I don't even think yeah. he's particularly funny, but he was fucking funny, and he was crushing. And apparently, the second show he did a different hour forty-five. Oh my Jesus! God. Yeah. Apparently, I don't. They said he was going to. Whether he did or not, I don't know. You actually ended up going to a black college, right? Yeah, I went to Tuskegee. So yeah. Did you really? Mm-hmm. How did that make you – like, why? I w- well, I was a terrible student my entire You like to overcorrect, career. it seems right. like. I'm going to fucking go to, like, I'm going <laughs> yeah. to break dance. all white people. I'm going to go to <laughs> Tuskegee. No, I'm going to – what's the blackest shit? What's yeah. the only university where horrible shit happened to black people? Yeah. I'm going there. Let's Mom. go there. Uh, yeah. Syphilis and all. Let's make yeah. it. Let's see what what will happen. No, you went because of the syphilis, right? I uh, yeah. You had syphilis first, and that brought you. I heard great things about syphilis uh-huh, and sure. uh, and the research they were. You doing. had an extraordinary so. case of syphilis. They <laughs> gave you a full ride. <laughs> like, where can I handle this or get more syphilis? Uh, no. So I was a terrible student, and um, my parents, t- you know, it was not an option. I was going to college. My parents threatened me with either if I didn't go to college, I was going to go to the military. Or my dad kept – my dad's from Alabama. He's from Lynette, Alabama. And he kept saying, or we're going to send you back to Alabama. Not back, but to Alabama and uh, have you be a, a longshoreman. We're going to put you to work. I didn't know what the Amazing. fuck a longshoreman was. but You I didn't was even like, know Alabama was on the water. Yeah. It, yeah. It just sounded awful, the whole situation. So I was like, fuck it. I'll, I'll go to college. I'll – you know. And uh, I – It's funny that you didn't realize you were an adult and could have not taken two, those two options. I 18? You think 18's yeah. an adult? No, I mean it's just funny. You don't have right. to do it, but yeah, yeah, but you do. If you, if your parents say you have, you kind of do. Yeah, yeah. And I was v- raised in a very sort of, you do what the parents say, and it, it, which are both your parents black? Yeah, and it kind of screwed me up in my entire adult life because everything for me was, that's that's adult shit. That's you know, particularly like in this business, everyone who is doing something has started when they were like. 19 or 20 yeah. or 21 uh-huh. and i was at, when i was that age i was like someday i'm gonna do all these things yeah. and i didn't I, in my brain i didn't realize i could just be doing all this shit now that's yeah. why to go back like new edition blew my mind and why i was so into them when i was a kid because i was like these are little kids doing the sa- this shit that i would love to do like uh-huh. it was just yeah when i hear about guys doing stand-up when they're 14 15 16 i'm like how did you even i had a brother that was a comedian and it didn't even occur to me 
that I could do it. Yeah. Right. Same here. Like at fifteen, like great, good for you. I mean, it I helps. It's I, fucking it's a huge advantage. Mm-hmm. I feel like I started late, and it was twenty. I think I was twenty-one or twenty-two. Yeah, and I'm yeah. Like, oh, I got a late start. Like it's it's a strange thing. Yeah, it just you know I always felt like well I'm a kid and when I'm adult I'll you know and so whatever my parents said I just kind of was a sucker and did it and um, my dad went to Tuskegee so I you know I went down there did the tour and the thing and interviewed and and then he went there so basically that was the first college I got into and I went all right don't have to worry about that shit anymore and that's where now I went. did you I have two questions about Tuskegee did you when you got there feel some sense of like cool I'm black enough. Like, uh, you know, I've got uh, – I've really committed myself to the black experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt like – There are no white people there? There occasionally. There's a, there's a vet uh, The most school. annoying graduate students in the world, I would venture, I guess. Can you imagine <laughs> the white African-American studies grad <laughs> yes. students at uh, Tuskegee? Yeah. Just yeah. Like get out Telling of everyone yeah. about, like, well, you know what's wrong. Yeah. There was one white girl I remember in the regular undergrad – program when she showed up and everyone was like what the hell it was like (laughs) yeah it was like an owl fell from the you know and just started walking around (laughs) i don't know why i went to an owl owl. all right what's going on with that owl uh i don't know did you never uh, speak to her i never spoke to her um what the fuck is wrong with that woman that's crazy she she it was it was a weird thing she was cute and did she date black guys? Of she, course oh, yeah. she did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you just got to make sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I think there was a thing where black dudes were kind of like, well, who's this right to? But you didn't want to be did the, the. How did the black girls take her? I'm sure they were thrilled. There were some <laughs> who were, I mean, she had friends, but right. I, most of the people, everyone knew who she was because she's the one white girl walking yeah. around. So there were definitely people like, who is this white bitch walking around? You know, there was that thing. And you didn't want to be the black dude who, in a sea of black women, you find the one oh, white yeah. girl yeah. today. Right. Like that's yeah, that's a tough that's she I bet she got zero calls from noon to midnight. <laughs> <laughs> and from midnight to three forty five. Yeah, like Everyone just like a fucking hook. telethon. Yeah. But seriously, like why would you do that to yourself? You wanna be the person every single class you ever go into, everyone goes every time you walk in, like you're the center of attention. Maybe that's what it was about. Maybe she wanted maybe, attention. Maybe, or maybe she liked the curriculum. Maybe Come I don't on. know. Or maybe she was just really into black guys. I I can't. I'm genuinely curious. That's what it. We should uh, have on, honest, Honestly, that's the. F- that's what my instinct tells me. She is. She was one of those girls that loves black culture, and I'm you know sure, what I'm yeah, gonna do. That's what I think and so. just that's. I wonder how her dad. Was like, huh? Okay, <laughs> well, you, honey, I want <laughs> no, you to be happy. Sure. Okay, now, and I know you like that black dick, so you know what? Listen, <laughs> we'll yeah, it's, uh, that's that must have been uh, an interesting sell. Like, it's yeah. not, Dad. It's not about dicks. <laughs> no. I like the school. No, there are other majors besides dick. What are the? Is it? It's like a full school. Like, what is it? Yeah, what, is it specialized in anything? It's uh, well, no, but they 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 just had their their big. They're known for their engineering program and for their vet medicine program. Got it. Apparently, is I that the one that the movie was about, with the most deaf and Alan Rickman? Or that was about Johns Hopkins? It's about the guy at Johns Hopkins. I guess. Yeah. All right. But you got to Tuskegee, and you, uh, you, do, do you feel? Oh, what, what's the, what's I that experience? I the dude that grew up in Catholic schools and felt yeah. like not fitting in enough. What's that? Well, I. I ins- I felt comfortable right away. It wasn't a thing. It just wasn't an issue. You didn't think about it. We're just all it, it, and I'm starting from scratch, and 
I by the time I was 18 or, or you know, whatever, 17, 18, I kind of I figured it out. And I, you know, hip hop and everything like that was my thing. That was my right. shit. And uh, and so I just felt comfortable, you know, with that. And you'd, and you'd made your piece. Yeah. And uh, and so I it just and the other thing, too, is I just f- there were so many different types of black people, every, you know, people from everywhere. And so I just it wasn't I was the guy who was from California, was from uh-huh. San Jose. But I had a roommate from San Jose, too, this dude named Craig. And Craig was a bona fide black surfer dude. But he I just bro, he talked just like this, dude. I swear to God, I'm not even exaggerate. I'm not doing this is how he talked man he lasted a semester Whoa. and couldn't handle it and uh, but people would come <laughs> i remember people would show up at our dorm room like <laughs> listen to the way he talked like hilarious. girls from uh, alabama knock out. yeah can you talk That's i love the way he talks will you read yeah. this <laughs> yeah exactly so he next to that dude i was you were uh, super you were dolomite i was oh, from yeah. harlem yeah so um here's a question how all right catholic school with all white people yeah Secular school without black people, but black people are by and large more religious than white people. Yeah. How do you feel? And you got a stereotype. Mm-hmm. How does white morality compare to black morality? Pretty broad question. I understand. Yeah. How does it compare? Uh, do I don't know. Exactly? I'm not sure. I mean, like, like there's a lot of. You mean like unspoken social code? Is that I what you mean? I don't know what I mean. Or exactly. just or just religion. I just mean like re- I I get how would you think I guess like white people are m- more obvious hypocrite. I feel like my <laughs> Okay. My we found it. My <laughs> take would be <laughs> There we go. Cuz I went to Catholic uh, high school. Let me see if I can translate for Neil. He uh, hates his religious upbringing and thinks that the people in the Catholic Church are a bunch of hypocrites, liars, and rapists. Okay. Yeah. And less so in a black Baptist church or something I would like think that. Although, I mm. maybe just a different type. It is a different type. Yeah. It, well, it's a different type of bullshit, I think. I mean, I grew up Catholic. and Did you hear the latest thing where there's a, there was a bunch of cardinals in the Vatican had would they had an apartment set up for 14-year-old male prostitutes? There you go. <laughs> yeah. There you go, uh, Catholic but Church. Have you heard about the new pope? Yeah, he's he he's, seems pretty he's cool. like a decent he's decent. He wouldn't take the fancy ass pope apartment. They got some crazy mm-hmm. pope penthouse. He would refuse to do that. They threw some big crazy fe- like a uh, music festival in his honor and he just didn't show up cuz he's <laughs> like why the fuck are you doing this? Yeah. This Gangster. is ridiculous. Yeah. There's poor people that are starving. Some, you know, he seems kind of Yeah, it seems cool. fairly reasonable. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like he's you know, the best of an ev- he's still an asshole. Yeah, I exactly. He's still he's a pope. Yeah, yeah. He's still a Catholic pope. Yeah, he can't not be the pope. <laughs> yeah, it's not like he doesn't believe. He's not yeah. an atheist. He's right. a fucking Catholic pope. Well, a lot of atheists are big, are the huge best. assholes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> come on. I feel like, like I believe in God, but I don't. I I don't subscribe to Catholicism at right. all. And that's you know, and uh, growing up, I it didn't seem like a a thing that even Catholics were gave a fuck about you know like i agree when i went to church the pope just Just catholicism it's just like they just use it as like i went to church recently and they're just reciting shit yeah none of the shit they read makes any sense no i never i never never makes sense and then they'll give a sermon the sermon these priests are generally horrible public speakers 
and <laughs> right. they yeah. live in a world where they, they study a book of nonsense. Well, the mm-hmm. thing is about Catholics, they never were they were never the religion that that honed the sermon. That's like all Protestant shit. Oh, I didn't all know. they had to do for a thousand years was Amen, Damon, Amen, Amen. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting. Right. Yeah. So the Protestants had to be like, I'm trying to get people to relate to what's happening here. So that's why they got all good at it. And, and you know, I guess yes. Yeah, since since the late fifties, the, the charismatic time. preacher is very rarely a Catholic. And there's yeah. been a couple exceptions. One of whom was a noted anti-Semite in the 1930s. But anyway. Like there was straight up. Look, nobody's perfect. There was a straight <laughs> up yeah. in like we the 1930s. Our there was this Catholic radio show. that was like the biggest thing on Father on uh, Father Coughlin. Father Hitler, I think. So Father like, Coughlin. Is that what it is? Yeah. And that dude, like, yeah, he, he unraveled yeah. because he supported Hitler, and before everybody <laughs> oh was against God. him. Yeah. Oh, and then they were like, okay, you're off. The <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Like, look, oh, this imagine. didn't work out. Look, if this Hitler thing plays, if he wins, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're on top. The worst actually, of bad calls. Actually, there's a great fifty-fifty shot. Oh no, Hitler. Yeah. Actually, there's a great book called The Plot Against America. Do you ever read that? Philip Roth? Yeah, Philip Roth. It's yeah. a cool book. It's about if the Nazis had won the World War II and Charles Lindbergh, who was like a crazy anti-Semite, mm-hmm. had— Pro-Hitler, had, yeah. Had beco- uh, oh, yeah, pro-Hitler, had become the president of the United States, which he could. He was thinking about running, and he was like the most popular person in America at that wow. time. And he had allied with Hitler, and like, it was. it's a really cool Read book. anything by Philip Roth, okay. if you learn, because some people are like, I like the shit we rec- they yeah, recommend on here. Yeah. Read anything by Philip Roth. He's like the best, one of the best. Um, I, see, I just I feel like Catholics don't. Well, like I would go to church, and my parents made us dress up, mm-hmm. and I was just like, Ugh, this bullshit, you know. But then I'd show up, and all my friends and everybody else, they're there in shorts, and right. te- they d- and I was just you're like, wearing a break dancing outfit, right. khakis, yeah. etc. Exactly, you're wearing a bright green three piece suit with a hat. I'm wearing right. my best battle gear. You're wearing a powdered no. wig. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and sometimes a top hat. Yeah, and, uh, sure. Um, just combining. I had a cane. Yeah. Um, but but you know, so I I just sort of was like, whatever. None of this. I don't know what any. I don't know what they're saying. I don't care. This is boring. And I and even as an like my brother subscribes to it and he goes to church. Still, still he's into oh it. yeah, he's yeah. It's par- hard. It's just the weird. It's weird. Where's yeah. your family from? Why are they Catholic? My. My my grandparents were Catholic. this is fr- my dad was from Lynette, Alabama. His family Baptist, whatever. He converted when he married my mom, um, and yeah, my mom's family they're from um, the islands. Let me just say that for you. No, I always <laughs> feel like black <laughs> people that are Catholic are like from the islands or from Africa or something strange. Like I'm close. serious because Catholicism is very it's not a black religion in America. Yeah, you're close. Fairfield, California. Oh, that is very um, close. Yeah. So I'm Catholic. That's so interesting. I don't know. Yeah, but my grandmother Fairfield. was Catholic, and they were very you know they they lived by that shit. Do you know about Fairfield? No. There was a comedy club in Fairfield called Pepperbelly. Oh right. Sure. That Jesus. a man was murdered at. Sure. And then wait, what? Yeah, somebody. I got knew killed. a guy was. Uh, I knew a man there. was bludgeoned. Oh, no, there was another comedian that was beaten almost to death. Then at a Rex Navaretti show, um, uh, somebody got murdered, and then it got set on fire, I think, by the owners. <laughs> I, oh, I'm not no, positive I, about I, that. I agree with you there. I yeah. think that, too. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm just I speculating. I actually have no idea. That's what someone else said. I don't, please don't sue me. It's weird that people just generally think that. Anyone I've ever talked to about it, they say the same thing. Really? We're not breaking any news here. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're not... We're, and we don't know. We have no idea. But everyone I talk to, they're kind of like, I don't know. Wouldn't it be the weirdest tell thing? If, if, if a shady person has yeah. a shit burned down, they had something to do with it. Yeah. So. Um, okay, so you gra- so then you, you graduate college mm-hmm. and 
Uh, your blackness is deep, firmly entrenched. Yes. You know who you are culturally. Sort of. I think I do. More or less. Then where do you go? I go. I come back home. Um, so my parents, they, they did a crazy head trip. Uh, and they, um, they, you know, I had this girlfriend. I was still trying to hold this group together, and that was oh, slipping I away from about me. The group. That, uh, yeah, all that you crazy shit. You were singing shit. the whole time I in was college? Uh, basically, yeah. What was yeah, the yeah. closest you guys got to making it? Um, not very close. Got it. Not very close. We ha- there was this woman who was interested in us who was a manager, and she, w- you know. But that's – everyone's a producer, and everyone's a manager. Yeah. And, you know. Did you guys have songs? Yeah. Yeah, we have. Uh, you sing a, a, a verse from not a one of them. Not uh, a one of them. Were you? Who? who <laughs> we were terrible, by the way. Song. We sucked. You were bad. We we uh, were great performers, and we could c- we we performed live and done well, and then we'd also perform live and done horribly. Uh, but we were not singers. We were some guys that could sing. Like I was never a big singer. I was like you know the the Ron DeVoe of the group. I could I could harmonize and uh, I could rap. Dude, this knows. Ricky Bell last night. I can't. <laughs> on the new edition. <laughs> uh, did I talk about it on the air yet? Oh, did you go with Chelsea? I went with Chelsea Peretti and Joe Mandy to new edition R. Kelly and uh, the Jacksons. R. Kelly, transcendent, like watching a god take human form. Mm-hmm. One of the most ecstatic experiences I've ever had at a concert. The new edition comes <laughs> on, and you're just like, oh my god. Like, am I supposed to be able to sing better than the people I'm watching at a concert? <laughs> it was so rough, dude. It was so. Ricky Bell sounded like a your old drunk uncle. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's again. I don't. That's the you saw this uh, Kings of the Mic tour. No, it's LL Cool J, Ice Cube, Public Enemy, De La and a Soul. Rex. <laughs> De, De La Soul. I mean, basically, and De La Soul. Now these, there's talking about those groups. There's probably. Uh, 35 songs on my iPod. Right. And I'm not going. Ah, uh, yeah, right. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I no, just I can't bring myself to do it. It's like, I can't, I don't want to admit that I'm old and that this is like a fucking doo-wop tour. A hundred percent. You watch, when you watch a band like New Edition crumble before you, you go, <laughs> I am an old person. I'm a person yeah. who is, the people that I, you're just watching the ravages of you're time. Watch, yeah. yeah, you're Informed. watching, yeah. Well, I used to talk about how great they were to, like, my little cousins. Right. And they were like, what's wrong with these guys? You know, and they came up with, with uh, you know, I don't even know who. But, uh, and I, I'm i like, no, these guys, they, those motherfuckers, these motherfuckers could dance and they could do. And then I watched them recently and I was like, oh, they're, man, I've really become my parents. Like, I realized the shit that they're doing, I'm like, it's it feels, it looks very basic and very uh-huh, simple. And very, I was like, oh, you no. You know who ke- was good? Johnny Gill still could sing. Johnny Gill could Ralph Tresvant yeah. still could sing. Everybody else sounded like they had literally eaten, like, a one of those big bags of rock salt that you put oh in the driveway. Oh, God, <laughs> that's so true. Well, I, I see them fairly regularly in concert. Like, oh, I'm really? a huge New Edition fan. A huge New Edition fan. And I've seen them when it's kind of like, ooh, guys. And then I've seen them just Oh, you've seen, seen them recently. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I mean, they're usually great. And um, But I've also seen them with Bobby they were a with couple Bobby. times recently. And Bobby was in there? Yeah, he was there. And he it is weird. He looks so fucking drunk. He probably yeah. is. He's so bloated. It's crazy. Yeah. he. The weirdest thing I've ever seen with them. So they were performing. He truly had, last night on the BET Awards, What's known in the Coke business is Bobby Brown jaw, uh, with yeah. the Pusha T lyric. 
where it's fucking like he's like like he wasn't he wasn't moving his jaw. What what were you saying? The craziest thing you've seen? Well, so he they he's with the group now. Right, they're all it's six of them now. Right, all back. You know. Um, but before that, they were doing this sort of. It was like a twenty-five anniversary, twenty-five year anniversary tour, and and they would bring him back for a little reunion. He'd come out in the middle, do a couple of songs, and then leave. And they would, you know, and uh, so I saw him here in L.A. And I think this was even before I moved out here, you know. But he comes out, he does his songs, uh, Mr. Telephone Man, and something, else, you know, whatever, Popcorn Love, and uh, and then he. They're like, it's Bobby Brown, everybody, yeah, woo, wasn't that a treat? And he, and he's waving, and he starts to leave the stage, but he does that thing where he kind of slows down, like, yeah, bye, everybody, unless, unless you want me to stay. Like, he's got that look, yeah. like he's kind of lingering, like, or, or, or should I hang out? I mean, y'all, y'all got time for one more? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the rest of the group is on with their business. They're still they're they're dancing the and singing. <laughs> 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 yeah, they're into the next fucking song, Hilarious. and Bobby's like, oh, okay, whatever. So he... Steps off stage and he kind of lingers and waits. And I'm like, is Bobby Brown waiting for them to bring him back on stage? Like, hoping they'll bring him back. He's still sort of on stage. He's still sort of on stage. Like, I can clearly see him. It's to the point where I'm now just watching Bobby Brown. Uh And then he he leaves. And I was like, okay, I guess that's over. Shows up at the other side of the stage. This is like, this has been going on now for like a a good 20 minutes. He's now on the other side of the stage. Maybe maybe they'll let me (laughs) in over here. If I I go go all the way around, perhaps they'll notice me. So he's just waiting. I was like, he's appeared. He's he's really trying to do this. So they're they're singing. They're like doing a ballad now. And so the guys are just sitting on a stool and, and Ralph's out there doing his thing. And Mike gets up, walks off stage, goes to talk to Bobby. And they're having... He's a good three-minute conversation, Bobby, and you're <laughs> you're watching. Them. I'm watching this now. I'm how no you, how can you see it? Just the I, angle. It's yeah, just where I'm sitting. I'm I was pretty far back, and you could just see everything. And he's and they're kind of very expressive. The arms like okay, well, I'll, you know whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and Mike walks back on stage. He sits down on a stool, kind of leans over to to Ricky. They whisper something, and Ricky kind of doesn't i don't know man <laughs> so we go all right whatever you know and ricky walks to johnny gill who replaced bobby brown if you know the story sure. you know back in the day and he kind of whispers something and johnny literally does like kind of the shrug and the whatever man i guess so like that's on and the I can, mic I re- he doesn't say it on the okay. mic you could just you, you you're see seeing all. this kind of happening you know play out and it's been going on for 30 minutes and but also it's like johnny gill is what kind of venue was this it was at the, uh, the what's the big venue Staples out here? Center, the Forum. It, I think it was the Staples Center. Yeah, hilarious. and uh, and and so and then a few songs later, you know, they and I'd seen them in concert before, and they would close on Poison or something like that. Of course. Right. They closed on My Prerogative. They brought Bobby. All right, everybody, Bobby Brown Hilarious. again, and they brought him out, and they closed. On my prerogative, and, the and irony uh, is that really was his prerogative. I, it was. Truly it was. Did want that? It was. It was so I have sad. a question. Sure. Or no, I have a statement. Okay. I don't no, like R and B. Oh, you don't. I don't like R and B music. That's oh. all right. That's I just oh. don't like it. I don't want to. Oh. I don't need to hear about what, how dudes are fucking. That's. There you go. I, I just am, don't need to hear about it. It's like no, nah, I'm. I'm. That's. That's well, for you, man. What about women that sing R&B? Uh, those are like ballads to me, and those I don't like those either. So I like like Eric. I like soul music, mm-hmm. but I like Eric Badu. You mean, I like you mean modern R&B? You don't like 
Yeah, or I yeah I like, but even like Otis Redding isn't R and B; it's soul music to me. Well, there is like well, R and B that sounds more like whatever. But you're saying shy and silk uh, and yeah, like yeah, Otis like, and Boys to Men and all yeah. that. Yeah, that's what had. Well, soul music be kind of became R and B, and it was still sort of the same. But then the 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 music itself turned into this, and it really got ushered in with the Jodices of the world, where it was all about fu- Jodice realized. Let's just these girls want to fuck us, so let's just talk right. about fucking them. Right. Yeah. And then everyone went and did that. What about R. Kelly? Uh, he is such a hilarious performer right, that I find it I'm transfixed. Right. That's and thing. also knowing what I know, the little stories I've heard about him personally, I'm extra transfixed. That's by him. the thing about R. Kelly is he's he's simultaneously like a virtuoso mm-hmm. musician and an ig- like imbecile, ig- an imbecile, and, yeah. and an ignorant like like the, the lyrics are like straight ignorant and like a weird performance artist. Like you can't tell. <laughs> yeah, I on totally what level agree. He's operating. <laughs> Absolutely, like. he did a like a dramatic sort of reenactment of a bun- of medley of his songs at the BET Awards, and it was like thirty men in one aisle and thirty women in another aisle, and he's doing snippets from songs, and they're like sort of sing shouting mm-hmm. it. And I also, when someone's got that big a group of people unlocked the way R. Kelly has black people unlocked, I I just go like, okay, let me just watch and see what's yeah. going on. Like, let me just, it's like Foxworthy or Larry the Cable Guy where I'm like, you fucking people love you, you for whatever something. reason. Does not much for me, yeah, but right. the, I, I do appreciate what you're doing. It is fascinating, he, but I can tell you this. I went to an R. Kelly concert years ago th- when I was in Tuskegee, yeah. and I remember... People were walking out in droves after I don't know I don't know how long he'd been he on, I don't remember how yet, long he'd think? been on stage he was he had just become R Kelly and had dumped the public announcement if mm-hmm. you remember, remember right. when he first came out Very he was R Kelly in public announcement yes New Jack Swing right. he was part of the New Jack Swing thing yes and uh, and so he was kind of doing his thing but he was popular enough so that you know hey, it's R Kelly everybody but he just he became annoying. On stage, and he was doing this one song that went on for a good 15, 20 minutes, and people were like, "All right, fuck this." And they, and I remember people walking. I remember one of his background singers being like, "Hey, man, they're walking out." <laughs> hey, Kelly, they're walking out. Hilarious. And he, yeah, I, I'd never seen anyone acknowledge that on stage. But I like, could see know. that. I could see that before, based on the way he performs now. Before he figured out his full chops. Yeah. Trying some of that bullshit and people being like, if you don't do that with full gravitas, because mm-hmm. I swear to God, like I said to you th- earlier, he just stopped singing for like a minute straight last night. Yeah. He was just mad dog, like staring out <laughs> at the crowd like, what crowd of yeah. 25,000? And people were in a frenzy. I dare you to leave. tried that. Mm-hmm. There's a part in that black, in the in the, the uh, Jay-Z movie, The Fade to Black, There's mm-hmm. he's, on, he's in it because they did like a song together, and they hold... 15, 20 seconds of just him and Jay-Z standing at the front of the stage. Right. And people are frenzy. And I remember saying to Chappelle, going like, why are they doing, why are they, and he's like, it's just black star power, man. Yeah. Yeah. See? Michael Jackson I, did that. I feel yeah. like that could work with any rock, uh, like a rock and roll star. I feel like you just, it was a, such a powerful move to just it be is. like, I'm taking all the performance away and you just behold me. Like, if, yeah. you know, I don't know who, Axl Rose in his heyday or something had done that just. I yeah. feel like that would work. That's yeah, like, but it's take Crystalia. Take Crystalia. In the Michael Jackson uh, Bucharest concert, 
He yep. shoots up at shoots before out he's done a damn right. thing. Shoots up out of the ground. Already the dopest thing ever. Yeah. Lands and, and then stands there. And I think he stood there for maybe two minutes. Right. Yeah. You know. That's why I have to edit. Right. Yep. That's a good place for a commercial break. Um, uh, too bad we <laughs> don't have any commercials. We do. Yeah, but we could do it at the beginning. Oh, we could also do them at a good place for a commercial break. What is? What do you got? I don't know. I'm I know. <laughs> edit this all out. All right. So, um, Kev, so, okay, so then you moved, you, uh, you were stand-up for a long time. Like, what? Uh, well, you never did answer me. Oh, uh, what you was ever your? Frustrated? You were get like uh, pissed off. I was very pissed off. I, w- I I was I was angry a lot. Yeah, extremely angry. Um, I I felt I'd screwed up. I ha- but here's the, but here's the thing. I knew that it was I I blamed myself a lot. Like as a comic, I was able to look at things and go, I I didn't work hard enough or I didn't do this. You screwed up by not leaving L.A. by not leaving San Francisco. That too. Right. But I think I mean Kamau came along and really. You know, he and I used to to work together and write together a lot, right. and and you know we were we were very close, and yeah, I uh, people knew that I could kill, and it was there was that thing at Cobb's Comedy Club where Tom Sawyer, the the owner of the club, he would put you on, he put book these showcases, and basically the top, you know, towards the, as the show went on, the yeah. top, you know, that's, and so uh, you know you knew the guys at the end were the top guys. And it would be like or up so and comers that hadn't yet gotten to that point. Uh, well, you know, like I the up and comers would no, were earlier. Okay. <laughs> the up and comers they just throw at the end. Uh, but I mean, there would be you know like towards the end it would be so and so and then me and then you know like Kamau, right? Me, so and so, headliner, or whatever. Yeah, who? Else? I mean, I don't fuck. Who was? Who were the, the like Robert Hawkins or something or uh, some headliner who was in town for the week, kind of right. closing it out. But just the top tier guys, and there was a point where it was always Kamau was on, and then I was on, and and then at some point it switched because Kamau f- kind of figured out his writing and really hit his stride and w- and became this prolific writer and just and was trying shit and you know, and then he got he got Premium Blend and that helped too, mm-hmm. and I saw that switch where I was still you know, I was doing a lot of the same shit I'd been doing I wasn't I wasn't writing as much as I should right. it's. The problem with, uh, you know, I, I could kill, but it wasn't. I wasn't by any. I wasn't this brilliant comedian, uh, and and I still had a lot to learn. And so, my my writing was still underdeveloped. I mean, I I think I was I was good, but I wasn't. I wasn't a genius by any stretch of the imagination. I, I mean, I don't think that's what you're saying anyway. But you I just don't gotta have jokes that people talk about. Yeah, and you gotta, and it's like mm-hmm. you gotta have jokes people talk about. Yeah. And you gotta have joke like bookers and people in showbiz, like yeah. where they go. I just saw so and so. The first thing is all new, mm-hmm. great. Yeah, that's like when you're doing great. That's what they say. Like I don't know how he's writing all this shit. Yeah, but those are the people that like are really considered great. I yeah, mean, sometimes nobody says that about Seinfeld. Right, but nobody in showbiz is talking about Seinfeld. Who the hell is Seinfeld? I mean, Nobody in like showbiz prop. I'm talking about at that level. I'm talking about at a in a city or or in a in your own in your in own the, scene, in the trenches. Seinfeld's scene. like done. I'm talking about like people that are going to be in Montreal, like people like oh yeah, like club comics basically. Yeah, but you want to be generating material regularly. Yeah. and I I got comfortable. 
Right. And I think that was the first thing that set me back. And I remember, you know, Sawyer had to talk with me about that, too. Like, this is why uh, you're not moving ahead or whatever, you know. And classically, it was very tactless (laughs) and brutal. But it was the truth. And I was like, all right, you know. And so I, I always blamed myself for my own failures and i was frustrated with that but but I, then there were times where i was like why why isn't this not happening to me and and yeah i, I fucked around i didn't leave and uh so smoke I, weed no never oh, all right good um because i find that that's the big hindrance a lot of the time oh yeah i was guys always afraid of that that's why i never yeah. did it yeah guys that like i just like man it's not about that for me it's, about, it's like okay well yeah. you know it's a business and it's about being productive and yeah. shit like that and not just like I fucking cleared a ton of boards today <laughs> on Warcraft or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then how have you found? Uh, what's your what's your your thing with the come out been like w- uh, on the show? I mean, it's great. It's um, it's it's weird because I, you know, I was writing on the show for like three months, and then I was a head writer, and right. I had to learn everything. Uh, had to. I'm still learning everything about you know working on television. Wait, show. take us through this conversation. All right. So Kamau gets a show, mm-hmm. and, and one thing to Kamau's credit, uh, everything else about him, terrible guy. But uh, <laughs> to Kamau's, no, Kamau's one of the best. But to his like great credit, he put a lot of people on his back. Yeah. On that show, like a mm-hmm. lot of dudes that he came up with and that were there for him in the beginning of him doing like the writing staff is like a lot of dudes that he's kind of yeah. so yeah. I, I got a lot of respect for that because like so many of these writing rooms is all of a sudden like nobody you even know yeah like mm-hmm. the, the network takes over and never works yeah right just doesn't work that's right. the thing is like it just doesn't work it's like look at seinfeld look at rock show look at Chappelle show it's like just fucking get funny who do you think is funny have them come. And yeah. it's not just who do you think is funny. T- tell me if you agree with me. It's not just who do you think is funny, although that's definitely it. It's also who do you feel funny with. It's yes. Like yeah. Who do you – like uh, when they book these like panel shows, it's like why – I was talking to somebody about it the other day. Why don't they book it with people – why don't they – why would they book you with someone you don't know and me right. with someone I don't know than booking us together because we know each yeah, other. Right. It's going to be – that's easy. Yeah. Like, and a writer's they may the not know thing. that you know each other. I'm saying they should. They yeah. In their booking yeah. practice. Like, and well, eventually they, they on know. Facebook and see yeah, who's yeah. friends with them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, I mean. So the conversation is what? Uh, oh, the head writer. Con- yeah, well, so yeah. he calls me. It's the so, yeah. Yeah. What's it? You're a writer, which is just you go every day and you show up and do the thing. And what's uh, the thing? Pitch, you know, uh, just pitch every day. Try to write pieces and stuff. But before you even get into that, you're a hundred percent right, Neil. In like uh, when Kamal was first arranging the writers' room, mm-hmm. he was saying oh, I was talking to him about it at that Moon Tower Festival, and he was going, "Okay, yeah, I'm looking at all these submissions. I definitely have Kevin there because that's my guy. I write with him. That's that's yeah. Like it, it, so, in that way, it becomes like a no brainer. Like okay, yeah. right, that's the dude you. If that's a dude you feel that way with, why wouldn't you have yeah, that person? Yeah, it's like in fucking Larry David was a weirdo. Right. <laughs> in New York. He was a fucking weirdo. And Jerry was just like, I want to write with this guy. Yeah. And they were like, all right. I was basically a weirdo. You know what I mean? Even mm-hmm. Lance and Ali on Chris's show hadn't really done any major shit. Yeah. You so know? Yeah, I mean, that was the thing. It was This was my first writing television writing yeah. gig. So even to go back to your anger question, I had spent years – doing this nine-to-five office day job at tech companies. I was a technical writer. Oh, really? Yeah. No idea what I was doing. I, I was a contractor most of the time, 
So I had been fired three or four times, but technically never fired because they're just like, ah, we can't renew your contract. Right. Or we, you know, realize we don't need you. But th- what they're really saying is, oh, my God, you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Right. Uh-huh. G- get get out of here. And so uh, I'd been doing that for years, and it was just a source of frustration. I just felt like a fraud uh, as, a, as a comic, even though, you know, we've all had to have day jobs, and we've all had to do that yeah. shit. But um, so – this literally, I, I was working at Yahoo. Wow! And the, and when I got this job, and uh, and so I was just like, yeah, I'm j- okay. I'm just here to learn. This is gonna be great. Right. I'm exci- you know, and uh, it was it was exciting, but it was also tough to kind of jump into this thing. And we're right. all trying to figure out what this show is, yeah. and and so um, yeah, like uh, it was in November. It was the day before Thanksgiving, and uh, I was out here in L.A. And he called me, and I knew they were trying to shift some things around and, you know, do some different stuff. And uh, they had uh, – one writer had left and gone to Mar, and uh, the the showrunner was the head writer. Right. And he decided, all right, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm just going to focus on doing, doing the show. Yeah. Yeah. Chuck and Squire. so they were – they had been kind of talking about it and trying to figure out well, who's it going to be, whatever. And I was not – anywhere near those conversations and i get this call from come out we're just shooting the shit and he's like yeah man so chuck's not going to be the head writer anymore it's like all right so who what's what are we doing who you got he's like we're gonna uh, we're gonna give this this new young kid a shot uh kevin avery and i'm just like (laughs) (laughs) all right why are you why are you fucking with me what are you seriously who's the guy like yeah it's gonna it's you and i was just like what yeah were you getting a lot of shit on uh yeah i mean you know, I don't know necessarily anymore that I, I wasn't even getting pieces on the show. Like my own, you know, I wasn't, you know, people were writing stuff and getting themselves on the show. I wasn't even doing that, but I was taking other responsibilities. Yeah, it's exactly what you're talking about. It's like that's what Kamal was saying. You guys wrote together for so long. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, I knew I knew his sort of sensibilities yeah. and everything. And also when things were. I mean, you know, I just sort of inserted myself in a lot of shit. You right. know, if there seemed to be like, eh, this seems like a rough spot, I would just try to patch it up and try to... Well, also, I feel like every room is like, the dynamic is the showrunner is there or the head writer is there and then everybody else is afraid of that person. So mm-hmm. right. if you cannot be afraid of that person, you're at such a crazy disadvantage I mean, advantage over everybody mm-hmm. else. If you could be like, dude, I've known you for 15 years. Well, yeah, you there's you also, know. if you're friends with Kamal... You're coming at it from a position of it's you're coming at it from a very similar position that he's coming at it from, which is like, I just want this shit to work. Yeah. And I want it to be good. Everybody else is trying to keep their job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So you're yeah. it's a, just a different mechanism, which is like I have a TV show. What would I like? What do I want to say? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, uh, you know, there were uh, several of us were friends with him. And yeah, we uh, we all just wanted it to work. But I I do think being as close to him as I was, I could tell when he was just frustrated or straight yeah. up disappointed, and uh, and it was stressful to me because I was like, yeah. oh, what the, f- what are we doing? Are we failing? Like it was yeah. just a, a really. It also means know. as much to you. It's your shot as well as his. Yeah. Instead of just like a guy who's a writer and then he's going to go into Mars yeah. or whatever. It's just like, yeah, I'm just fucking. You want to say these jokes, guy? Yeah. Because if yeah, not, yeah. I got a guy across <laughs> town that can say these just in fact. It's HBO, and it's, you know what I mean? Like yeah. It is, like, your shot as much as his. Yeah, and we'd been through the ringer together yeah. on this. I mean, like, he and I were, we were writing partners, and I remember we we were, you know, Chuck, we knew Chuck because he, uh, you know, he'd almost hired us for D.L. Hughley's 
show on his right. CNN show. And I remember at that time, I had just moved to L.A. and uh, like that year, and I was working at the in the Amtrak offices <laughs> at Union Station. I w- was just just. Like it's one thing to work at Yahoo or some tech company where you know what those tech companies were like in the ba- that thing that you know people on scooters and yeah. shit in the office. There was there was that and this was the uh, this was like your dad's company. It was a lot yeah. of a lot of button up shirts with short sleeves and you know sixty year olds running around and it was just drab. And there I was every day talking and about cargo. <laughs> That's you know exactly what, what they were not fuckers talking about cargo. Not even bullshitting. <laughs> they up, they cargo. were uh, they were into their trains. And uh, and it was the worst thing. And I remember, okay, we're finally going to get it put on. This is going to be great. And he and I were just like, yes, we're going to do this. And then it didn't happen. Right. And we were just – but so we had been through it together, yeah. a, you know, several times just trying to make it happen. So I feel like we're both really invested in this show. Yeah. Do you feel like you know what you're doing? Do you feel like a phony? Uh, I feel like a phony. You do? I totally feel like a do phony. You ha- do you feel like a phony? No. But I'll tell you why I don't feel like a phony. Because I know that the job, I can do the job. Mm-hmm. Meaning, like, but which is, I, so I don't feel like, ah. uh-huh. mm-hmm. It's like if I'm directing them, I know the shots I have to get. I know. So it's not like, oh, uh, is this a shot list? Right. Like, you just know yeah. that. You have to you have to come up but with fucking time, eleven right? good monologue jokes. But that's time. That's yeah, it. yeah. But you just it's time, and it's also yeah. I felt like a phony, but I also realized like the unconventional shit that you would do, just the shit that you do, like because you don't know how else to do it. Mm-hmm. That ends up just being your style. Uh-huh. That's the thing. Yeah, you do realize this is just what it's going to be. And yeah. the, the thing is, you we literally used to call sketches on Chappelle Show. Longies and shorties. Uh-huh. That's how technical. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Yeah, so it's right. like, I guess I'm a phony, but I'm not trying to pretend that it's fucking. Like, yeah. I would say to the crew, like, oh, I don't know what that means. When uh-huh. you go, like, I'm, we're going to. I'd go, like, yeah, just go, like, and then uh, pan up. And they go, it's actually, it's tilt up. And I'd be like, I don't give a shit. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, so you just, whatever. It's like, you go fi- up. Yeah. You figure it out. And the, the thing, well, the, what I do know is I know what I'm good at, and I know why I'm the head writer. Mm-hmm. And so if you're I mean, like we've all been there in, in stand up where you're like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And then right. you just get up there and you're doing it because, you know, I can't show fear up here. I can't back right. down. I just got to handle this shit. And so, you know, I go into work and I just do the thing. Yeah. But in the back of my head, I know I'm a guy that just this is the first gig, everybody, you know. And yeah. so and there are times when I'm like, OK, I'm, I just I'm just trying to make sure nothing is, is slipping through the cracks. Mm-hmm. And sometimes something does. And then I gotta. F- then it's just my job to figure it out or fix right. it or, or do whatever. But uh, you know, in the in the quiet of my room, uh, <laughs> I, do, I do feel like <laughs> you only have a room. I have a room. Oh no! They give you, you a room. Sleep at the they show. They give me a room hot, under, the, under the under the <laughs> <laughs> under the stage. Right under you the know. desk. That when we finish taping, I climb down the ladder and I just. You hang say out. sorry. To oh, you're the you fan. Apologies. You're yeah. the phantom of totally bias. I actually wear the little mask when oh, I go man. to work every day. Uh, Sing for me. Purely do you symbolic. and and do you f- and and what has been the the le- have you fucked up a lot? Have you have there been moments where yeah. you felt like, "Oh, okay. What's the biggest moment of like I don't know what I'm doing and what's the the biggest moment of like, you know what? Maybe I do right. know what I'm doing." Because I have this moment where I love this moment where you realize you earned your paycheck. You do something and you go, right. okay, cool. I, I, yeah. I deserve to be here, you know? 
Yeah, I I feel like uh, it's always it's uh, little things always feel like the biggest fucking thing in the world. Um, there there are two moments I remember feeling like I really dropped the ball on this, and it was the tiniest thing. Oh, one was we were sitting around that we were going to do a read through of the of the pieces, and um, th- he uh, he was like, "Do we have the whatever it is piece?" And I was like, "Oh, we're doing." Oh, I didn't know. I, I'm sorry. And it was easiest thing in the world to go, hey, uh, you know, tell the writer's totally. assistant to go yeah. run the thing. But in my head, I'm sitting at the head of the table like, uh-huh. Everyone's how could I like fuck this up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, this kid doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> exactly. He right. didn't have to. How could he not have that yeah. piece? Uh, and then once we, you were, we were talking about having you on the show. Uh-huh. And Moshe. he came into my office. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Moshe. And... Uh, he he walked. I see. I fucked up again. Yeah, God damn it. No, I, I fucked you, up. My yeah, no, but Kamal pathetic. walks into my office and is like, "We're we were talking about having Moshe on the show. Uh, he's Louis just told me he left. Louis Katz was was writing with us that week. He's like, Louis told me he he's already headed home. I, w- I mean, we missed an opportunity to. And I was just like, uh, there a mountain of other things I'm w- yeah, but that's worried about. Fucking booking department. It's right, but I think that the, the your sh- the show is a little more grassroots in it's that. It's a way, little right? bit, yeah. yeah. So it probably yeah, is. Yeah, I guess because when I they I was going to do it, and you know who emailed me, Kamal, <laughs> right? Who exactly. usually isn't like I don't think Jay Leno's in charge of booking the Tonight Show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I mean, it, which is too uh, probably to a detriment when someone leaves town, and probably to a positive when it's like it can be your beast. You yeah. Know? Like yeah. when do you think the last time Jay Leno was like? Had any, you know what I mean? He doesn't no, know he anything. Doesn't, the he only thing goes, Jay oh, cares cool, about right. is the monologue. Right. Everything else, he just goes like, "What are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah, no, I'll do that. Yeah. Monologue's my thing, though. Like that's his whole thing. He'll do any fucking desk uh-huh. piece. He doesn't give a fuck. He just yeah. is like, wow. I do the monologue. Doesn't care about guests. Doesn't care about pre-interviews. Literally, just like the monologue. That's all he cares about. Right. Wow, that's fascinating. What's the best monologue in showbiz, folks? Pause. <laughs> Pause. Uh, <laughs> that's a new thing. Uh, it's not when you say something gay. Yeah, it's when yeah, you say no, something, when you say something that no one can say anything. Um, and, uh, so and, and your biggest victory for yourself. Your biggest self-esteem boost. Maybe the first week that I um, – the first week that I was the head writer – there was this weird moment where the show, you know, every where all the scripts burnt up, correct? The, it was there yeah. was an IT accident, <laughs> and only you could have. Okay. He called a guy at Yahoo. I fixed the copy machine, made. and I was pretty proud of that. Um, no, the you know, it, it, we were starting the show. Kamal standing on his mark. The guy three, two, and I'm like, I did it. All right, this is. Let's see. Let's see if this thing works. Uh, and then it simultaneously became the biggest failure because I. Looked, to, I was I always crouched down on the floor and I'm watching you know and I'm watching him from behind from just off to the side, and uh and so I look to my left and there are a pair of feet standing next to me and I look up and it's it's Chris Rock and he's going so uh I hear we don't have a Halle Berry joke about her ex husband and boyfriend getting in a fight what why don't we have that oh Chris Rock who is a producer yeah. he's the yeah he's, he's the exactly producer, producer pays the for the pilot himself yeah. yeah. So I was kind of like all thirty five thousand dollars, sure, <laughs> all his, all yep. his dollars. Yep. So, uh, yeah, and there's nothing I could do but like, and it was this was the first show I hadn't watched. It was my first show as head writer. It's the first time I didn't watch the show happen, and I wasn't. St- and I was okay, all right. And I just walked away and 
We need a Halle Berry joke, everybody, and that you know, and we figured it out. Whatever, uh, you know. But have I didn't you dealt with Chris at all other than that? Yeah, yeah. And it, that that was his thing. He would come in and wait. Why do we have a joke about? You yeah, know, that's his job is just to be like a sure. pain in the ass and just like wait, I'm in charge and I'm famous. And yeah. <laughs> And it's why don't we have a thing about this? And you yeah. just like, why are there no bagels on here? And they just go like, sorry, Ms. Rock. Yeah. And sometimes he asks, why is this missing? And sometimes he just pitches a joke like, thanks, will you? You know. Yeah. So, um, and it was it was no big deal. And it and it worked out. Have you, would you, I mean, knowing Chris, you could very well say if he was like, why don't you have him just be like, I don't feel, I don't think it's not, it's a non-story. <laughs> Now, yeah, yeah, I think it that took a while. When I first met Chris, he completely kicked me in the nuts, and you know, like I, I, I or not that when I first sound met like him. the Chris I know. <laughs> when we the second time I met him, you know, I we worked together on the on the pilot, and then when the show started and he, he shows up, it's the first week, and I reintroduce myself to him, and it's like actually we met before, we, you know, we worked yeah. on the pilot, and he's like, oh yeah, right, uh, yeah, I I don't know, I just. You didn't give me anything to make me think I'd ever see you again. Oh, thanks. Thank you so much. Thanks, Comedy Idol. Thanks a lot. Yeah, yeah. thank you. So we all go out now, to lunch. Now, if it makes you feel any better, he, it took him uh, 15, 16 years to even acknowledge me. So, yeah. I mean, like a little bit, but not much. <laughs> he, that's, yeah, I just, I don't know. I feel like he, he likes being Chris. He enjoys it. And he'll fuck with you, and it's yeah. your job to sort of move past. He's like it a or, big brother. Know. He's like a jerky big yeah. brother. Yeah, yeah. And he, I mean, he'll still give me shit, but I, I think now he has a level of respect for me. He, you know, Kamal told me he's also someone who recommended, who was, you know, when they were talking about who was going to be, he was, you know, said, well, what about Avery? Yeah. And so I, I didn't know I was even on that guy's yeah. radar. I didn't hear that he even knew my name. So, uh, but he, yeah, he gave me a lot of shit, and it just. It bothered me for like a good solid week, and then I was like, "Fuck it, I'm here to just write." So yeah. Why don't I just worry about that? So now you feel, you feel, what do and you, you guys are going every night, right? Yeah, we're going nightly. Is that official? Yeah, yeah, Monday through Thursday, and then like a Sunday night best of the previous week or something like that. Great. And what? How are you feeling now about the job? Are you or about I mean, about your life? Uh, about being black? About being? Catholic, I feel good about being black. About your job? About head writing? You know. I feel good about uh, the syphilis. That's still very cool. Yeah, positive cleared thing up. We yeah. all feel good about um, that. No, I feel I I don't feel like I'm on top of. The, I don't have this euphoric feeling of whatever, but I do have this sort of presence of mind. Like things are all right. I mean, I just spent so long hoping that they were going to be all right, or wondering if they were going to be all right, and just you know, when you're you're on that road to trying be try to be successful, it's just a fucking endless. It's you know, it's miles and miles of well, what the of fuck no. is going to be? Yeah, of the worst. And yeah. so I feel, and the rug could come right out from all of this at any second. But I, I feel like, all right, I'm going to be all right. Look, is man, the man. the day the daily is going to be way fucking harder? Just so you know. Yeah, like no, it's going to be fucking horrible. Thanks for bringing me down, man. <laughs> Thanks. Hey, look, man. I was doing all right. The when, is, it when does that start? It starts September. Got it. September second. We go if back. It doesn't work out. You always got R&B, man. You that's man? true. Yeah. Go back I mean? to my uh, new I got a demo. Folks, that's been The Champs. 
Avery, thank you for coming on. Thank the you show. for Appreciate having me. You, Good man, man. Kevin Avery, yeah. everybody. Kevin Avery, watch uh, uh, Totally Biased. With totally biased. Bias. Totally biased on FX with W. Kamal Bell, Kevin Avery, head writer. Go to w, what, KevinAvery.com. Kevin I think Avery. for the uninitiated, what are the best bits that they should watch? I think if you're just if you know nothing about the show, maybe mm-hmm. watch. We'll put a clip Norton in. and. Uh, Lindy West. Oh, that yeah, that's, that's an interesting. Yeah, uh, uh, and then and then and then exp- maybe if you know if that's if you know nothing about it or Sikhs versus Sheiks. Look, that yeah, that's up. funny. That's Sheiks. a that's a fun bit. And uh, put uh, maybe roll a clip of Kevin stand up. Maybe roll yeah, a clip. Yeah, hey, well, there yeah, you go. go. If you're in there, or the trailer clips. for Thugs the Musical is going to be released. There. Guys, yeah. all right. Thank you very much. Bye. We love y'all. Thank you. <laughs> Now you're fucking with the champs. Just...